Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the Two Chumps Podcast starring Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino. You're a chump, I'm a chump, he's a chump, we're all chumps and we love football. So if that's who you are, you've definitely come to the right spot. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Two Chumps Football Podcast, Chad Wilson, Amo Calamino. If you're late to the party and you didn't come in last week, you uh, you need to be informed. The Gridiron Stud Show has now been changed to the Two Chumps Podcast. Chump number one, Amo Calamino, right there on your screen. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, chump number two is me, Chad Wilson, and we're Two Chumps coming at you here with the Ultimate Football Podcast. So we hope you guys decide to join us every week. Don't want to get into all the minutiae of subscribing. You guys should already know that you need to do that, whether you're on YouTube or whatever podcasting channel you are using or stream you're using to do this. Go ahead and do that. Coming up on the show today, we are going to do our NFL preview. The college football preview is in the books. We did that last week. You can check out last week's show to find out who's going to win every single Power 5 division because we already know that. We already told you last week, shame on you if you weren't here, but you are here now for the NFL version of our preview, and we are going to get that this podcast episode we're going to hit every division for you we're going to see the teams in both conferences we're going to run through the playoffs and we're going to give you the super bowl game and winner we do that right here on the show for you today and then also it's week one the legit week one not week zero okay we don't do that stuff that by the way that was a zero that week it was a zero week they didn't light us it was a zero week i'm not even you get a chance to watch the notre dame game at all and there's a reason i'm asking you no not at all i got scoring updates i forget no i think i was at i was at high school football games last saturday two really good ones by the way so i didn't have a chance to catch notre dame pounding navy into submission but let me wait before i tell you the notre dame game so you get me all off track here the high school football who won that st john's bosco uh the St. John's Bosco St. Thomas game was won by St. John Bosco. They came here from California and um I don't want to say dominated, but 20 to 7. They came down here and won it. I got to take I my- had it on for a while and I had to leave and you know it, it reminded me of a good Division 2 football game. I mean those kids were all pretty good players. <laughs> no, no, very good football. You had to see the size of St. John Bosco's line, Amol. I do. I saw it. I saw. I saw the first quarter. Though they're big. <laughs> and I do believe. I you know obviously I'm at the game, so I didn't see the television. But I do believe they put a graphic up of, of was it USC's line and and St. John Bosco's line and yeah. St. John. Yeah, I could see the guys on the sidelines. And what's even crazier, Amol, is they had backups, guys that were standing by the sidelines watching that were as big or bigger than the guys that were in the game. So I'm going to assume those are underclassmen. So St. John Bosco um, is going to be good to go in the trenches for years to come. I was very impressed. Uh, it was a, you know, it was a great thing for me, Emil, because, you know, their number one player on St. John Bosco's team is their safety, Peyton Woodyard. His, his dad and I played at Long Beach State together. So, oh, um, well, yeah, they're slightly older than me. Yeah, he's a wide has receiver. Has he committed? He has indeed committed. Now, he originally committed to Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. He recently flipped to Alabama and Nick Saban. So, um, yeah, he's he's headed to Tuscaloosa. Sorry, Trojan fans. I think that really just boils down to – Can't the, get them all. Well, yeah, he plays defense, man, and, and, and the Trojans don't. So, I think that played a part in it. Otherwise, yeah. you know, guy would have um, – Well, let me get back to the Notre Dame game. 
I have to say this. I tried to listen to this game. And, and listen, I, I like Jason Garrett. Nice mm. guy. Their broadcasting team, and I thought it might just be Dude, me. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. I, I thought it was me being hypercritical. So I called my buddy locally, who's a Notre Dame fan. I said, are you? He goes, yeah, I know what you're going to say. He goes, these guys are horrible. I think it's Ian Eagle's son. Noah Eagle. Play by play? Yes. And he's not Ian? No. I, I mean, it was, first of all, it was actually funny because obviously they're the hometown announcers on NBC, but they're going absolutely crazy about what Notre Dame's opening holes against Navy. They got them by 50 pounds a guy. Okay. And usually the hard thing about playing in the academies, as you know, and the triple option is that you, if you play them on one week, it's tough because you're not going to see the offense again. You likely haven't seen it previously. You're going to be dealing with cut blocks. You only got a week, this and that. They had all summer to get ready. They had all summer. Yeah, so, I mean, it was it was not even competitive. And I'm here to tell you, and I, as someone who likes to see the academies do well, I got the over-under for Navy on three. They're bad. They didn't look good, huh, at all. Well, you know, they'll pull their upset somewhere along the line. But, no, I didn't have a chance. Didn't have a chance to watch it. Really didn't catch much college football at all last weekend, but I will be there front and center watching what goes down this week. And again, we do have some picks for you at the end of the show. I got three. Amos got three as we head into week one of college football. So, you know, looking forward to doing that. I heard something interesting this week, Amol, and I'm not surprised by it being said. Maybe I'm a little bit surprised by who said it, but I think college football is going to have to strongly consider doing this. They're going to have to move in that direction. And I'm, you know, I can't really quote Jim Harbaugh here, but he did say he did use his platform to say that there needs to be some type of revenue sharing model in college football where some of that revenue is now passed on to the players. We're past the point of whether or not players should be paid. They are getting paid. But as someone who has a little bit of knowledge of the inner workings in the back room of what's going on in NIL, I'm going to agree 100% with Jim Harbaugh when I say the current model that exists cannot continue. Um, it's Well, it's, you mean because of the way that only the, the, the top players, because of the discrepancy? Is that what you're talking about? There's in- a lot of inequality. And, you know, I'm per, I'm a person that says there's no such thing as equality in life. But you can't have this vast inequality. Yeah, that- you can't have the quarterback with a $1 million deal in the center with a, with $10,000. Is that what you're kind you of saying? You can't have two wide receivers or two defensive ends of, let's say, equal talent, equal rating. And because one was able to negotiate something and the other one was not, you've got one getting half a million more than the other. That's and they're supposed to be a hush hush about the money that is being received. They're expecting the players to not say anything, but Amol, let's be real. About 17, 18 year olds, things get out on a drunken night in a damn um in a in a dorm room where guys get to talking trash to each other, NIL numbers get spit around and then feelings get hurt. Guys want to leave, guys want to transfer. That's that's the first thing. Well, and let then- me ask you this. Do you think that perhaps the model they go to is a revenue share and maybe you outlaw the individual negotiation on name, image, likeness. So in other words, every people are going to get paid, but on a revenue share where you eliminate the NIL 
you, you know, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think you can have both. I don't think, I don't you, think you can have both. So I don't think, I think you can that... have both, but here's going to be the problem. It sounds good. It's what probably should happen because there's a, there's going to be some equity there. There's going to be, and I always struggle with that word equity, but there will be some organization. All right. There'll be more have, organization. You got to have a plan. Yeah. Don't use the word equity. What you're really asking for is you're saying there has to be a methodology to how these guys are going to get paid because what's happening right now is you got a guy who's never thrown a pass in college football coming in with a million dollar deal for his name, image and likeness. And he may never be anything. And exactly. then you got a guy, who's, you know, you got a guy who's there already and maybe he can get 20 grand. He's doing a car commercial or I don't know. Yeah. That's only part of the problem, but yeah, it is one of the problems so there just needs to be an organization of distribution of this money to the players um i would dare say they need to somehow figure out a way that they can withhold taxes from this money because that's going to be an issue for players but what's going to end up happening amel as we can look into the future if you move to that model we will now float back into the situation we had before where extra money is going to be given to players on top of the money that they're making. And that's, you know. But I'm okay with that because here's why. Here's why I'm okay with that. Don't laugh. Because then it becomes a, a penalty and you have a real penalty again. Right now, it's like the Wild West. No, I think, I, penalties, almost... I think penalties are done, Emil. And I think the last big penalty was probably levied on your school. Um, college football has become such a big business. And who, who polices college football? the people that benefit from college football. Yeah. It's just not going to work. I don't, I think they saw the disadvantages of what they did with SMU. I think they're uh, in a small scale of seeing the disadvantages of what was done to Miami and USC. Do you think they would ever crush an Alabama if sweeping, um, if sweeping violations were found there? I, I, I hardly think so. Um, because Alabama's a cash cow and anyone else that would be deemed to be a cow. No, I don't think they'd crush them the way they did previously, but there may be ways to, instead of crushing them, you you penalize them, you know, where, where it makes it more difficult. Like, hey, you lose five scholarships. You're not going to get the stuff with all the nonsense, like you can't go to bowl games, but you take away five five scholarships off their total of 85. Now they got 80. And, and I mean, where it's a competitive disadvantage. You just want to see some kind of penalty going on. Yeah, you're not going to get the crushing, but I think I think at least if you do a model where you have distribution of the monies in in, in a methodical manner, everybody gets shares in it, and then you know you, somebody comes along and says, "Here's a bag of fifty grand, and we catch you." Well, now now there's penalties, and you have to have penalties that are pre-prescribed. In other words, just like a sentencing sheet. In other words, you, you committed a crime with a gun, you know. I committed a crime with a gun. It's this, it, it, you know, in Florida or in Pennsylvania, here's the prescribed sentencing for that. Not like, hey, we don't like Miami. You guys get 10 right. scholarships. So uh, you, we, it, there won't be any equity there either, but at least there'll be something there. You got to try. In other words, you're never going to get and you're never going to get a perfect system. It's like calling balls and strikes in a baseball game. No umpire gets them all right. You just want someone to try their best to get close. <laughs> would you support a revenue share system in college football? At this point, I would, because to your point earlier, 
it's it's the money that that toothpaste is out. metaphorically speaking is out of the tube right we're not putting it back in so now it becomes how do how do you make the system better and manage it so we're really not dealing with a mini nfl we kind of are anyway but like let, let's at least try to pretend it's college football i mean yeah, I mean, I can foresee some things. I'm always looking, you know, down the road. Sure. Who, who negotiates what the player should receive? What happens if there is an impasse in those negotiations? Do we not have college football for six weeks? Um, you know, what's going to happen there? And, you, you know, so. Well, if you go down that rabbit hole, eventually what happens is I would suspect no different than the NFL or any other professional sport the players would need to unionize. It would be, you know, a, a, a bartered agreement with a union. Right. And, and so that, can you that not, would be that. Could you not see this happening? If you start doing some type of revenue share, at some point, one party is going to feel cheated by the other party. And so now there needs to be representation of some sort. And, you know, that's just one of the pitfalls. You know, people will see things. Oh, it looks well, it's great. Everyone's going to get an even sure. amount of fees. The same thing they said about NIL. All oh, the players will get paid. And then now look at look at what it is that we have now. Um, so that's just something I see going on down the road. But I think it's going to be better than what it is we have going on right now. Because, Emil, it's the wild, 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 wild west when it comes to NIL. The problem with all this is, you know, college football was always a business. But as technology, satellite TV, streaming, and everything else came along over the last 20 to 30 years, it, it exponentially increased the size of the business. And there's so much money on the table at this point, it's almost impossible to keep that amateur aspect to it that we, you and I grew yeah, up. Those days people, are those days are those gone. days are gone. You know, but and, I will say this, Emil. You know, we spent an entire offseason talking about it. You know, the business of college football, how much has changed, whether or not we like the individual moves or the collective of changes that have been made. Um, and we will continue in off seasons to talk about it. But the one great thing is we are back to the games being played on the gridiron, and this is the greatest part of it. And you know, we'll fall in love with college football again. How much we fall in love, I don't know. I think each year maybe there might be a pullback on that. I don't know. Hopefully not. But we do get actual games on the field, so I can't wait to see that. Let's flip from college football, though, to NFL football and jump straight into these previews. Emil, I think we should probably go uh, to the to the mid-conference first, which is the NFC. As I go through, and just you, you folks should know, we do this every year. If you're just new to us here, we do these previews every year. I'm not privy to, you know, Emil's methodology. Um, I may have mentioned, uh, you know, in years past what I do. I do have a system, so I'm not just out here off of my head, off the cuff, just free balling, if I should say, as to who's going to do what based on some little thing that I saw. I'm a little more organized than that. So I do have a system and I tend to really stay within that system and I tweak it here or there based on, you know, some roster moves or some, some this guy's got a system for everything, folks. I mean, I don't he's know. Got I don't everything know football. He's got a system. Yes. Uh, yes. Everything football. The rest he's of got a system. If I could get it systemized uh, thing, you know, things would probably guess what I got for you at the end of the show. What's that? If the listeners stick around, I got a tip on a new show they should be watching. Okay. 
Um, we're down for that. We take Netflix and streaming shows very and, seriously. Yes, I take those tips very seriously because we're gonna we need to consume content, and I don't want to be flipping through Netflix. Let's go west to east in the NFC, and then east to west. Let's let's go west to east in the NFC. Then we'll stay on the East Coast and go east to west in the AFC. How's that? Sounds good. I've got a pilot on the show today that's going to navigate us on this. Yes, we're going to fly across the country and fly back. Well, so you know, this is going to be this is going to be my least favorite part of this. Preview. The NFC West. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and jump in right here. Um, let me let's not screw around. I think San Francisco is the class of this division, even though they've got all these things going on with their quarterback. Is it Purdy? Is it Darnell? Is it, you know, is it Trey Lance? Trey Lance is out of here. Did they do right by Trey Lance? I don't think that they did, by the way, but that's not for this show. But with all that still happening, they still have the best roster. They still have the best system. Um, and whether it's Purdy or it's Donald, I think they'll, you know, um, they'll win, yeah, listen, be, let's they'll win be the honest. majority of the games here. Let's be honest. This division went from just not long ago. Two years ago. to be three years. Yeah, it was the best division or one of the two best in, in the league. And it's a disaster at the bottom of this division right now. It is um, buoyed by the Rams not, you know, being able to cash in on all of those guys. You know, they made a huge investment and that didn't happen and that's fallen apart and a lack of depth now because... Well, they, they're GM smugly and kind of in a cocky manner said, hey, flags fly forever. And that is true. They fly forever. But when you're a Rams fan in 2022, 2023, sitting in the stadium watching your team unable to block for Matt Stafford. That's all you got is that flag. That's all you got is that flag. That's it. Yeah, that flag can block um, a wide nine technique defensive end. It'd be great, but unfortunately it's hanging up high and it can't. So San Francisco, I got at the top of this thing. Let's not mess around. I've got them roughly around 11 and six. I don't know what the over under total. It's got to be somewhere around there. So there's no big pick up there for anyone who's trying to make a move in that direction. I think number two in the division is Seattle. I got them somewhere around nine and eight. Um, and then there's a battle for the bottom spot. I don't know who's going to be worse, Arizona or the Rams. Um, Arizona is just devoid of the kind of talent that you would expect. Maybe something crazy happens. But, you know, I don't think they're going to – I have this feeling that the rumors about Kyler Murray not playing this year are true. He's the kind of player that really needs to be 100% on that knee. And as someone who's has a, has a son that's been through two ACL repairs. Yes, you can come back in 10, 11, 12 months, but you're not really right until a full, you know, another season after well, Let that. me hit you before you, with your over-under, San Francisco's 10 and a half, so you were right on that. Seattle is eight and a half. Wow. The Rams are six and a half. We're getting wow. these from Bovada. I, got, I have them at six and 11. Uh, and the Cardinals are four and a half. I've got them at five and 12. Look at me. So, Get, hey, hire me, sports books, Bovada. So anybody looking for over-unders, go to our, our sponsor, Bovada. Uh, that's the over-unders. Chad, this is boring because <laughs> I literally see this division identical to you. You almost. can't see it any other way. Well, in order, yes. But I have the 49ers at 12 and 5 around that. I had Seattle. I think Seattle is going to be a pretty – Pretty good club. I, I like Geno Smith. I like their wideouts. I got them at 10 and 7. Um, the Rams, I'm giving them seven wins only because of the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, if the Rams won five games, I wouldn't be surprised. And I have the Cardinals sucking for Kaleb, Caleb Williams, whatever, however you want to say it. Um, 
I think they're going to go three and 14 and, and maybe get that first pick. <laughs> well, you know, Emil, you're an accountant. Caleb Williams would obviously cost you the number one pick overall, cost you a lot of money, big investment, time, money, et cetera, et cetera. There's somebody on the Arizona team named Kyler Murray that would be $81 million of dead cap money next year if they decided to make that move. Well, and that may be the problem. So I don't know how, you know, again, without sucking for multiple picks to maybe get Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know, but yeah. All right. Um, let's uh, let let's, me do the let, let me start in the NFC South. Is that okay? That's fine. Technically, if it's a plane ride, we're probably not doing this right. But oh no, 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 no. I'm flying from my airport here. So see, we don't have anything direct. It's a tiny airport. So we fly in different directions. We go this way to go that way. So we're gonna go south. Gotcha. To go to go west. Okay. All right. You can start <laughs> it off there. Who do you see? Who do you see standing on top of this pile? This division to me is right there at the AFC South in terms of like garbage football this year. Okay. Yeah, there's a smell coming from the there's NFC. A smell. But here's the thing. I if I look at this division, the Saints seem to have the best roster, right? Mm-hmm. To me. They're bringing in Derek Carr, while not a, a great quarterback. He's certainly a serviceable NFL quarterback. Won, won a lot of, you know, he had a good year that year. He serviceable, got that's the word you want to use for Derek Carr. Jeez. Well, I mean, maybe some of that's the Raiders. So, But I'm saying I, I think Carr is, is a pretty good player and probably the best quarterback in this division. So I'm going to go with the Saints to win it. I I graciously put them at 10-7. and seven. I could see it being 9-8. and eight. Okay. okay. You're still then, on top though, like winning the division at nine and eight. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. And and if anybody's out there looking uh, here, let, let's do this as we're going through these, make it easy uh, for the over unders. Right. We'll see how far I didn't even, I, I didn't look when I did this. So uh, the saints are nine and a half. Yeah, they're not. I got them at nine and a half. So I I, I put them at ten. I've I've got the Falcons, who I have at eight and a half. Well, yeah, this would have be... been the real mystery. Who's number two there? You have the. Problem. I have the Falcons as like an eight and nine team. Gotcha. Um, I think that, yeah, I think they have some players. Quarterback to me is still a little mystery, but I I think they could be competitive. Uh, the Bucks, I have them at seven and ten. Mm. Um, and that that may be. A little high. I I don't know. You know, I I don't know what to make of Tampa after the way that se- their season ended last year against Dallas and losing Brady. But I have them at seven and ten, and I think the Panthers are playing young people, trying to build something there. And to me, that's a five win team. That's uh, how I see it. I see your top two as the same as mine. I actually have New Orleans also at ten and seven. I have Atlanta at eight and nine. Nothing to really speak. Oh wow. Here. Yeah, what is Atlanta doing at quarterback? You know, that's going to be a yeah. thing that we'll be following all year. For some reason, Emil, I'm giving Carolina the nod over Tampa Bay for the bottom fight here of this conference. Yeah. I just think they're going to be pretty good on defense. I don't know what they're going to be offensively. We're all going to try and find out if a guy my size, basically 5'11", 190, can be a quarterback in this league that's effective in Bryce Young. We're going to just try and figure that part out of it. Um, I'm just thinking with Frank Wright, he can be wise enough to not have the kid lose games. And if he turns out to be dynamic, well, that's, you know, a great thing. And well, here's um, the problem he has. I think you just talked about Kyler Murray, who tore an ACL. Mm. Kyler Murray is incredibly fast, as you know. He is. And he's more of a runner, I think, than Bryce Young. 
and they catch everybody. That's the funny thing. So yeah, those Bryce big Young, guys. If you watch the combine, these big guys run four four now. So yeah, um, but I I have them six eleven. I got Tampa Bay five and twelve. It can flip flop either way. It yeah. doesn't really matter there. Let's go to the north, please. Yes, this this is where I think you and I, I feel I feel, I have well, hey, listen. I happen to feel like this is going to be the most trash division of all. <laughs> uh, it may be, but I feel like you and I are going to disagree here. You want you to go probably first? Will or... yes, because I've got a disaster scenario painted for this division. Okay, go ahead. My does well. Um, Hold on to your hats, folks. And if there's liquor in the house, go ahead and start pouring it right now. Because I have the Detroit Lions winning this thing. Going away, by the way. This was a strong football team, 9-8 and eight last year. Don't see any reason why they can't be 10-7. and seven. Or Amel, God forbid, 11-6, and six because what's around them in this conference is trash from, from top to bottom. So I've got them at 10-7 and seven winning this thing. Second, I've got Minnesota, who's 8-9. That's what I think they're going to be. Um, I think the way they got dumped out of the playoffs at home last year by the New York Giants is going to have long-lasting and lingering effects. Every incomplete pass, every you know missed read, every interception by Kirk Cousins is just going to create doubt. You let Dalvin Cook walk out of the door. Fans are going to want to know exactly what plan was. By there. the way, you're on the number there. They're eight and a half, so you're right there on that one. All right, right. Yeah, so eight and nine for me, and then – I don't remember the last time the Green Bay Packers finished at the bottom of their division. Might it be the Don, the magic one, um, when he was quarterback back then. And that was, you know, you know, long before many of our listeners' times. I have them at the bottom at 6-11. and 11, And I'm giving Chicago with Justin Fields a chance to slide up there in the third at 7-10. and 10. Wow. I, you, this, I knew you and I would disagree here. And, and, and here's what I see. I hear you on the Lions. I do. But, but the, the Lions, Lions is that in, what you're going to tell me? Well, they were in an interesting position last year, right? They were coming off a three wins season the year before. They started off slowly. I think they were two and five, got hot. They didn't have a target on their back. They were kind of a fun story, you know, the, the you know, the, the Motor City Kitties. Because, you know, let's face it, unless you're a, a, a fan of the other teams in this division, if you're a Cowboy fan like me, you got nothing against the Lions. I actually kind of like to see them do well. Sure, they're no now they got a target. They got a target on their back, right? Because the hype train has started, hmm. and that's it. That's always an interesting train when you get on it because you don't know how it's going to affect a football team. People are people are going to not say, "Hey, let's circle the Lions." That's a win. Now it's let's circle the Lions. These guys are being picked to win the NFC North by most people, hmm. and I think they're going to fall just short. I got them second. I don't think it's going to be a disaster of a season. I have them going nine and eight. So you and I aren't aren't seeing them differently. Here's where I'm seeing an upset. I think Jordan Love is going to play better than people expect. And I think the Green Bay Packers are a winning organization that's not totally devoid of talent. Um, and for some reason, I think losing Aaron Rodgers might galvanize that organization to the point of, you know, we're going to show people this wasn't all about Aaron Rodgers. And, and I, I don't think love's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think they're going to ask him to be. It's usually a well-run organization. I've got them actually surprisingly winning this division at 10 and seven. I see the Vikings identical to you. To me, that's an eight and nine football team. 
They were 12 and one last year in games decided by one score that that can't hold. Okay. No. Because it just, it, it's against all, all it's a statistical anomaly. So that to me, they go eight and nine and I have the bears last, but not disastrous seven and 10. I think the bears are going to be one of those teams. Some weeks when they're running games working, they'll upset people, but I think they can lose to anyone too. Cause I don't think fields is a consistent enough passer yet. All right, so that's an interesting take on the Green Bay Packers. What does what does Bavada say win total wise for the Packers? Seven and a half for the Packers, seven and a half for the Bears. This division's kind of bunched up. I, I think Well then the Packers would definitely be a play, you know, on a win total there if, if it goes. Sure. But here here's what I find goofy when I look at the win totals. And this is what I saw at the beginning of the year. Let's use you know, in football. You know, 11 and a half is a high win total. For, for instance, the Bengals and the Chiefs are 11 and a half. Usually good teams are nine and a half, 10, 10 and a half. My team, the Cowboys, is, are coming off back-to-back 12-win seasons. They have a very good roster. They're nine and a half. Hmm. They've put the Detroit Lions coming off a nine-win season at nine and a half. And I read an article, they've taken a lot of money, more than almost every other team, on Detroit in different exotic bets like this in 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 vegas i just think there's a a lot of momentum they're taking a lot of money on win totals for detroit at nine and a half yeah that's very interesting well give you an example the money on detroit if you want detroit at nine over nine and a half you're paying 140 okay that would suggest that yeah taking some wagers on that Yes. Okay, but speaking of your Dallas Cowboys, we're going to head to NFC East. You want to go first there, my friend? Or Yeah, I'll tell you what. This I'm going to throw the schlep on the boys, but I would I'll venture to say the Cow this is probably the the most complete roster Dallas has had. Mm-hmm. Probably since about 2007, really. I mean, two, I know 16, they had the number one seed when Rodgers upset them, but that was Dak and Zeke's first year. I think they caught some people off guard with some things they did. That 2007 team, if you go back and remember, that was a very good team. That was the Romo uh, went went with Jessica Simpson uh, to Mexico thing. The Giants upset them in the divisional round. The Giants won the Super Bowl that year, by the way. Yeah. That was an excellent Cowboy team, and I think th- th- they went 13-3. and three. I've got Dallas going 13 and four. I think Dallas, if if they don't have a really good year, uh, there's going to be some major changes there in terms of coaching. Heads will roll, huh? And when you say major changes, it sounds to me like a quarterback, that would be the only major change quarterback, coach, GM, coach and quarterback. Because, well, they're not firing the GM, even right. though some of us would like to. Uh, I, I think it, I think Dallas has to at least get to the NFC championship game this year. I really mean that there's no way. Uh, and I'm a Dak Prescott fan, but he's 30 years old. If he doesn't do that this year with this roster, there's no way they're paying that guy 50 million plus on his next contract per year. Okay, they'll go out either get a bridge like a Matt Stafford, bring him home for a year, or, or see what they got in Lance. But you know, but I'm telling you, you, you can't commit that much money if you're not getting anything for it. Absolutely. And I understand that. And the criticism has reached epic levels before we even get a snap into uh, the two. No, I want him to succeed. And I think he's a good guy. And I think he will. I actually think he. I think you got him going. 
You got to win yeah. 18 games. So yeah, I think I think it'll be motivation for him. And I don't have the Eagles falling off much. I think they'll be 12 and five. And I think what's going to cost the Eagles, I think the first half of the season, they're going to have a hard time getting motivated. Coming off Super Bowl losses, you would think you'd be motivated, but history usually says teams. No, you're just trying to get back to the postseason. So you kind That's of. That's it. You just want to get back to the postseason. Um, I think the Commanders are going to surprise some people this year. I've got them at nine and eight. And I think the Giants have regression. Um, the, they did got a great coaching job last year. I think it was a lot of smoke and mirrors. Uh, I know they, they they tried to add some pieces, but I'm not sold on Jones. I've got the Giants at seven and ten. All right, some interesting stuff there. Um, what's 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 the win total on the on the skins? Because you're kind of high in my book, so and you're probably high according to them. Uh, the Washington Redskins. Oh, can't call them. It's our show. We can call them whatever we want. Uh, they're six and a half. <laughs> yeah. So that would be another play. I got Packers and Redskins in my head here for anyone that's, um, rolling with aim along. Giants this. are seven and a half. So I'm kind of right on their number. Gotcha. Uh, I see the NFC East playing out like this, uh, with the top two guys, same as you. I like the Cowboys to win the division, not 13 wins. Um, I'm going to go with a little more conservative 11 and six, which puts me a little closer to that number, but I'm shocked by nine and a half. I think anyone listening to this show that is inclined to play win totals would probably do well to go over that nine and a half. I, uh, with the entire conference being what we have described it to be, I'd be hard pressed to believe that this team's going to be a nine and eight football team or worse this year. So I think that's a good one. If you're playing win totals, uh, you have Philadelphia, I see them as two. Also, you got me. At, you have them at twelve wins. I think they slide off even more. I have them at ten and seven. I think the third place team in this division are the New York Giants at eight and nine. But thank God I have a system, man. Because if I was just going off of my eyes strictly and looking at preseason, they look pretty good. Like they can do some things, but you know I'm a slave to that system, man. I'm gonna have them at eight and nine which puts us close to that number. And I, I'm not expecting much out of the commanders, new ownership. There's a lot of shakeup and stuff there. They're going to have to prove it to me. I have them at the bottom of the conference at six and 11. So time for us to slide over to the next conference. Are you a guy that can predict the future or may have a mean poker face? How about a love for horses or you just know who's going to win the game? Don't just be a profit, make a profit. And you can do that when you open an account at Bovada Sportsbook and Casino today. Whether it's getting down on the gridiron action, wiping out the dealer in a card game, making some change on the race of the ponies, or cashing in on celebrity events, Bovada Casino is the place for you to draw your line. Since 2011, Bovada has been a leader in the online casino industry, spearheaded by their top-of-the-line customer service, easy deposit, secure payouts, and great welcome bonuses. Head over to Bovada now to see what they're offering you to come in and scratch that itch you're having. Click on the link in the description and tell them the Gridiron Stud Show sent you. Listeners, if you love getting cash back like I do, then you've got to get the Get Upside app right now. Get cash back on your everyday purchases without changing anything about how you shop or live. You'll pay however you normally do with a credit card or debit card and cash back will be deposited directly to your GetUpside account. There's no limit on how much you can earn. GetUpside even works with other coupons, discounts, and loyalty programs. First, you claim your offer, find local offers on everything from gasoline to restaurants and everything in between. 
Second, you spend. You shop as you would at your favorite spots around town. Third, check in or scan receipts. Check in to log your purchase and you'll be on your way. Finally, get rewards. Earn cash back and cash out whenever you want via PayPal, e-gift card, or check. It's just that simple. I love coffee and I get mine for free just by earning cash back from GetUpside. Download the app and get started getting your cash back today. Click on the link in the description of this episode to get started. Where they're playing oh. real ball over there. Now now we're in the East, okay? So you, you hit it first in the AFC East. Hey, you know, everyone's, you know, kind of forecasting their demise. It'll come at some point. They keep trying. They're not getting there, man. This is still the Buffalo Bills' division. That's how I feel about it. I think they're number one. I have them at 12 and five. So far as who is number two, you know what? You go out, you get Aaron Rodgers. You got a nice rookie wider. Uh, well, let me not say rookie. Let me not do that. Garrett Wilson is in his second year, but there's a good connection there. I think they've done some good stuff in New York Jets land. Is it enough to have Aaron Rodgers doing this as he runs into the tunnel after a Super Bowl? No. I am at 10 and 7. Um, not maybe what Jet fans are hoping for, but it is what it is. That's how I see it. I have unfortunate things happening to the Miami Dolphins. I have them third at 8 and 9. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Tua, um, and I just think they – had the benefit of the Miami Dolphins being very different offensively last year. I think teams spent some offseason studying it, might get a little bit of a beat on it. So I see them three at eight, nine. Sorry for our local, my local listeners here in South Florida. Hate to do that to you. And then um, Bill Belichick, man, it's got to be, you know, Bill doesn't really listen to anyone. He's a stubborn guy, he makes stubborn moves right now. Well, when we began the day, the only quarterback he had on his roster was Mac Jones. He did pick up a quarterback today and put him on the roster. Who knows? Who the hell knows who would come in a game if Mac Jones went down? But there've just been some moves made there that I just can't continue to support. You don't have Tom Brady to bail you out of these things. I've got New England at the bottom of this division at seven and ten. I'm interested though in what Bovada has New England at in terms of win. To New win. England's seven and a half, so you're not far off. Am I far off on anyone there? I got the bill. Well, uh, let's see. They've got Bills the Jets at nine and a half. They've got the Dolphins at nine and a half. And I believe they have the Bills at 11 and a half. Uh, let me well, see here. Let me go up on my little screen. At the Bills at 10 and a half. Oh. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe that's a thought right there. But I, I like the Bills to be 12 and 5. I, I'm going to shock some people again. This is like my NFC North pick. I, for you people in Miami, I think the Dolphins are going to have a big year. Uh, I guess this you know, man, local listener. <laughs> well, part of it is, you know, they brought in my guy from Dunmore, Pennsylvania. Oh, boy. Vic Fangio to be a defensive coordinator. I like Vic Fangio really... as a defensive coordinator. I will say yes. that. Yes. I think, I think that has a similar effect to their defense the way Dan Quinn did in Dallas. Hmm. I think Miami plays better defense. Now the question, of course, becomes can we keep – Tua from getting his, you know, bell rung. Right. I think they can. I'm hoping they can. And I think, you know, that playoff game in Buffalo last year, they were playing Quite with competitive. Like, very competitive. So I, and they played the Bills tough all last year, three times, right? If I'm not mistaken, they, they had three competitive football games. Okay. Right. I like the Dolphins at 12 and five to sneak over the Bills, win this division. I think the Bills are going to be right there. They'll be 11 and six. They're not going anywhere. I think the Jets will be a pretty good team, too. I think this will be a tough division. The Jets are going to be 10 and seven. Okay. 
And then I have the Patriots at eight and nine. I, I think with their defense and coaching, they're always going to be a problem some weeks for, for some people. They're going to pull some upsets, but they're just like you said, they have a lot of question marks all over, especially on offense. All right, so I'm adding the Dolphins to some win totals here. If we're if we're if we're running with my man Amo Calamino, <laughs> um, yeah, I've got uh, so I've got Washington, Green Bay, and Miami. I think the only thing that I think we could kind of nibble on because I didn't keep track of this in the first two divisions that we did for me is Buffalo. As I'm a you know I'm a game I'm a game and a half over there. Yeah, so yeah, we're heading, you got to the, them. we're heading to the north. Now, we head to the north. This is a very difficult division. Very uh, just for. I think this people, is going to be the best division in football this year. I do too. And I think they're going to beat each other up in the regular season, but it'll serve them well in the playoffs. Just so people know some win totals before we go anywhere. We've got the Bengals are set at 11 and a half. The Ravens, 10 and a half. Uh, the Steelers are at eight and a half. And let me see where the, uh, the Cleveland Browns for you Browns fans out there. You're set at nine and a half. Well, cool. I don't want rich. you to give those totals before we do the divisions anymore. I kind of get a kick out of me throwing it out there, oh. you it out there, and just kind of see. But that's that's I'm cool. Sorry. I think I'm within a half game on all of these. But... Okay. Well, here's what I have in this division. I have the Ravens and the Bengals tying for the division. Ravens winning it on a tiebreaker. I've got them both going eleven and six. Wow. Um, I think this is a very competitive division. I have the Steelers in third at ten and seven. I think Pittsburgh makes a jump this year. They've given Pickett some weapons. They've worked on that deep offensive line. If it's if it's just serviceable and the offense can just move the ball, I think Pittsburgh's strong defensively, good, well-coached team. So I've got Steelers at 10 and 7. I still have the Browns on the last play. I find the nine and a half total on the Browns to be silly. I've got the Browns at seven and ten. All right. Well, we're good up until that point. Amel, guess what? I've got Baltimore. At the top of this division at 11 and 6. I also have the Bengals at 11 and 6. Get uh, out of Baltimore. here. Baltimore. I like Baltimore to win the division. Um, I do have Cleveland third, though. I feel better about Cleveland than you do. I think this is a time for them to kind of get over the hump a little bit and um, not be the Cleveland that we've come to know and love sure. over the years. So I've got them at 10 and 7, the reverse of your 7 and 10. And then I've got Pittsburgh, amazingly, um, coming fourth in this division. But Another winning season for Mike Tomlin, nine and eight. Um, I could easily see it at 10 and seven. There's no easy here. Here's the thing in this division, right? A lot of these teams are old rivals, like all divisions, but this division, you know, there's some rich rivalries here and there's just no place to go for an easy game in this division. No, uh, you got to be on every week. Uh, And I think the AFC North might benefit a bit from having to play the NFC West this year. So, you know, they can get some wins. They can get some dubs there. Um, I don't think we have anything we could jump on with win totals there because I think we're close on all of these. So, yeah, head to the AFC South real quick. Um, This is uh, which is the opposite of the North. (laughs) This is there's a stench coming from from this one. I think I'm going to shock you here, Emil, though, despite. All of the momentum and all the great feeling that we've had with Jacksonville, I, I've got Tennessee winning this division, Emil. Um, No one's wow. talking about hey, Tennessee. So you're, you're feeling Jacksonville the way I feel about Detroit. I, I sense that you're feeling the. the no, I don't think I don't think Jacksonville is going to take a dump. I just don't think they're going to be better than Tennessee. No one's talking about Tennessee. They're quietly over there doing their thing, um, and I am. I have a lot of respect for Mike Vrabel, the coach, and what he's able to get out of his players. 
And I think that means something. They're still tough, hard-nosed football team that can win games in no when November starts turning to December. And I have them at eleven and six winning this with Jacksonville a close second at ten and seven. I think Jacksonville's for real. They've got themselves a franchise quarterback and and you know Trevor Lawrence. They're playing well on defense and they've got a running game. They've got they've got the places, they've got the pieces in place. And I like Doug Peterson as a coach. Thought he got a raw deal in Philly, and he showed his coaching ability last year. So I've got them second at 10 and 7. After that, Amel, it's a dogfight for the bottom. You know, I know people are, you know, the, the Arizona Cardinals have been the punching bag for this entire offseason, you know, and I guess there's reasons for that. I I firmly think that the Colts will probably be the worst team in the NFL this year. I just have a feeling that that's how that's going to shake out between all of the Back and forth you've got going on with Jonathan Taylor. I don't know how that's going to affect morale of this football team. You're starting a rookie at quarterback that's not really ready to play. He's a tremendous athlete, and I hope it doesn't stunt his development, but you're throwing this kid literally to the wolves, and um, I'm just not sure how that's going to look. There'll be great moments. There'll probably be four. There'll probably be more moments like, what? What did he do? Um, so there's just too much going on in Indy that's negative. I've got them at three and 14. The thing is, I've also got the Texans going three and 14. Cause like, why, why would they do anything other than yeah. be terrible? Well, I mean, you've got an overplay here, uh, for anybody out there, you want to talk about an overplay, the, the, the Titans, you've got them winning 11 games. They're set at seven and a half. Oh, sweet. Take that and run so, it bank, especially with what I think Indy and Houston are going to be. Take that baby. You and I, you and I see this division. Not differently with the bottom two, but our view of Tennessee is way like 180. Mm. I have the Jags winning this division at 12 and five because I think they have, I think there's five to six wins sitting there for them in the division. Okay? That has to be a total play, right? Because there's no way their number's close to 12. It's no, got- they're nine and a half. I, yeah. I, I just think the talent is there. I think Lawrence has won wherever he's played. Uh, and I just think this division is putrid. And, you know, from there, I, th- I have everybody else in this division losing. For some reason, I've got the Colts winning seven games. How? Um, well, how? I think Richardson could be a problem athletically at first. And, and I think, you know, generally speaking, for some reason, the Colts seem to be competitive more. I, I see. I don't view I view Tennessee as in a total. Who's their quarterback? At this point, Tannehill. Yeah. What's wrong with okay. that? Okay. <laughs> he's steady. I I think Henry's losing a step. I mean, he's still a good back, but I I, I don't think he's going to be a two thousand yard back, and it's going to force Tannehill. You don't to do that plays. twice in a career. We know that. Yeah. I, well, I, I'm saying he's not going to be an eighteen hundred yard back in my mind. So to me, he's on the back nine. He's had a lot of carries. A lot of straight up hits, you know, where he's run guys over. So I just see, I see Tennessee as like a six and 11 team. And I think Houston's horrible. Like you said, I've got them at three and 14, just like you. All righty. So now we slide down to the AFC West, which will, you know, probably be some fun this year. I did. did I, listen, you and I both see Kansas City at the top of this, right? Am I, yeah, right? I, I have, I have Kansas City once again winning this division. I, I have them at 12. You have a 12 and five. six. Yeah. What's the number? Well, I'm 12 and five. Okay. Uh, I have them at 11 and six. Um, and then there's that second place. I'm going to, I'm giving that to Denver, but I think they're going to really have to fight. 
this is crazy now because everyone loves the Chargers and it's Justin Herbert and they just they really love him. But Emil, I don't know. It's I think it's a lot to overcome Brandon Staley, who might get his walk-in papers at the end of this year. Because I've got well, I have the Chargers second here with eleven wins because I think Kellen Moore is going to fit in well there at least the first year, even though he got stale in Dallas. I think he'll go there and change a few things. Um, and he he's he he tends to fit what they like to do. The Chargers like to just throw it all over the place. Hmm. <laughs> I mean. Uh, we'll and, see. And I, they're not the first person that I've heard say that, but I've got them at eight and nine. I like Denver at ten and seven and second, and the Raiders um, also at ten and seven. But I think the third place team in that division. Yeah. So you and I, so Denver, were close on. I see Denver very similar to you. I have them at nine and eight. Um, they, get, I think they could go anywhere from eight to ten wins, um, depending on what Sean Payton can do with Russell Wilson. And, you know, if he can get him back anywhere, he's not going to get him to, I don't think, to MVP levels. But if he can get him back to being a good NFL quarterback, then maybe they're a 10-win team. If not, maybe they're an 8-win team, but they have a good defense. Um, I got the Chargers with 11 wins, and I'm the opposite of you. I don't like the Las Vegas Raiders for the simple reason that at what point, we all know Jimmy's going down, okay? (laughs) At what point? If it's game 15, maybe it then was maybe... just the San Francisco air. Maybe he goes to Las Vegas. And... Now, Chad, but for listeners out there, Chad's got an over for you because the Raiders total is set at six and a half. Oh, so if he's got them winning 10 games. That's an easy overplay if you're rolling with them. Imagine a simple it. over... no, it's not the most confident pick that I've made in this preview show. I've but... got them winning six games. I didn't even look at the over-unders until we started the show. And I penciled the Raiders in six and 11. Well, what's Bovada think Denver is going to do this year? Uh, they've got Denver at eight and a half. So okay. we're You're close. close. You're closer. The Chargers at nine and a half. So I'm closer to seeing the Chargers the way. Who loves the Chargers, public. man? I'm at this point where they're going to have to prove it. I'm not taking a bait on that anymore. But all right, we're we're sliding. So let's do this. Let's do this now. We're in the AFC. Let's stick there. I'll I'll, I'll go through my playoffs quickly. Nope. Uh, you know, my number one seed in the playoffs is hard for people to believe this is going to be the Jags. Okay. They, they, they snuck in, they grabbed the one seat. So they're sitting out the division. This would be a good time for us to get a sponsorship from a liquor company. Yes. Yes. Wine and spirits. So if you're out Williams bourbon, (laughs) if you're out there and you're an account manager for one of the, you know, (laughs) liquor companies out there, hit us up because my man's been hitting us off. Go ahead though. I got the chiefs. Uh, I've got the chiefs sitting there as the number two seed okay and i have the chargers as the seven seed so in the first round they play each other the chiefs take them out they send brandon packing okay then i've got the bills as the six seed taking out the dolphins who won the division okay but i've got the bills beating them in that round and then i've got the bengals and the ravens in a four or five game i've got the bengals taking down the ravens okay that sends me to my divisional round where the number one Jags would then host the number six Bills. I've got the Bills winning that game. How about that? Then I've got the Bengals. The slipper, the slipper falls off the Jaguars just like that. Yes. Okay. Just like that. I've got the Bengals then going to Kansas City and doing what it seems like the Bengals have done to the Chiefs a lot, upsetting the Chiefs. I, I do not see the Chiefs repeating. I've got the Bengals at, at home over the Bills 
returning to the Super Bowl. How about that? How about that? Now, you know, Joe may miss a couple games here to start the season. You, are- I understand that. I'm okay with it. All right. Here's my seed for the AFC. Number one, Buffalo. Finally. Finally. Number okay. two, Kansas City. I've got Baltimore three seed. Four, my Tennessee winning that awful AFC South. Five, Cincinnati coming up short in the uh, AFC North. Jacksonville getting in there. And Cleveland getting in there. So this is how things going. Number seven, Cleveland traveling to Kansas City week one. Um, You know, we know how that goes. Kansas City for the win. Jacksonville traveling to Baltimore. I got Baltimore winning that one. And Cincinnati going to Tennessee. Um, Cincinnati winning that one. We've got our upset there. Sliding on to the next round of things, Cincinnati, the five seed traveling to play Buffalo. I like Buffalo in that Titanic DeMar Hamlin remake matchup um, of the game that got suspended a year ago. I like the Bills at home on that one. Baltimore going to KC. Amel, finally, Lamar Jackson with the new OC and things, tired of all of the criticism, goes in and takes out the Kansas City Chiefs who are, you know, just feeling so great about the banners that they've hung up two of the last three seasons or two of the last four seasons, whatever the case may be, and they get snuck in there by the Baltimore Ravens. So I've got the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Wow. Because they're so, going to well, go it, face they're going to go they're going to go face no, actually I don't have the Ravens in the Super Bowl. I messed with Ravens are going to go face Buffalo Bills in AFC Championship game and I've got the Buffalo Bills circle the wagons. Um let's get everything well, you and I get you know it's funny how we do this but we got very close. I have the Bengals beating the Bills but we each have we the do Bills have those, yes yes so i've got i've got a i've got a really great matchup in the afc championship game baltimore traveling to buffalo but um they can't get it done there quite you know quite the way they need to get it done i got i got buffalo going to the super bowl okay so now we slide to the nfc where in the nfc obviously based on record i have the cowboys as the number 1 seed that's the kiss of death don't look disappointed Very- by that that's how you know that's how you see it uh, number two seed, I've got the 49ers. Three would be the Saints because they're a division winner. Four is the Packers because they're a division winner. The Eagles, who have tied the 49ers for second best record in the conference, are the five seed. Six would be the Seahawks, and seven would be the Lions. Okay. So in the first round, this that would send Detroit to San Francisco, where they quickly go home. Okay. <laughs> 49ers beat them. The Seahawks would play the Saints. I've got the Seahawks uh, going there into New Orleans and winning that game, believe it or not. Okay. And then I have the Eagles going to Green Bay and taking out the Packers. Okay, that's my wild card round. This is going to be very interesting. Go ahead. My second round, that would send the Seahawks to Dallas, and Dak has to win one game to get to the NFC Championship. He better win that game. God, I hope he does. I, I got him winning that game and going to the NFC Championship where he will face the 49ers, who exact revenge on last year's NFC Championship game, and they beat the Eagles, okay? So now the 49ers come to Dallas. The same team has taken out the Cowboys two years in a row. There is no trifecta. This is 1994 reverse when the Cowboys had done this twice to the 49ers. Cowboys get the monkey off their back win the NFC and they're going to face the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Man, 
we are, I'm going to save this moment in two chumps podcast history, which extends back to the gridiron. Have I ever here. picked the Cowboys in the Super Bowl since we've been doing this? I know you are going to have a season long knot in your stomach. I would not be angry if Tell you the listeners have I ever you have picked never, the Cowboys. You have never, you have never hesitant. Um, and you know, it's crazy that you've been forced into this situation. Emil, I wouldn't be mad at you if you poured your Friday bourbon today. Um, and had it. <laughs> All right, here's how I see things, Emil. Um, and you you might, you know, get a kick out of what I've got going on here. Number one seat, Dallas Cowboys. Two, San Francisco 49ers. Number three, Detroit Lions. Four, New Orleans Saints. Five, Philadelphia Eagles. Six, Seattle. Seven, the New York Giants. Sneaking, sliding back in there, kind of like they did last year. One more time, okay. sliding in there. Week one, Giants seven seed traveling to San Francisco. That's the 49ers winning that one. Seattle going to Detroit. Detroit, it was a great season. You guys did great things. You brought smiles to the people's faces in Detroit, but it ends there. Gino and the boys win it. So Seattle, both of us, I think, have Seattle winning a playoff game. So yes. Detroit Lions. And then the Eagles, um, by way of this five seed, get themselves a nice little game here against the four seed, the New Orleans Saints. Neither one of us think the Saints are going to win uh, a playoff game. So I've got. Wait the- a second. Do you realize that you and I have the same final four in the a- in the NFC? You know, and once again, for our listeners and watchers, we do not talk to each other about this at all. Shall I continue? Yes. We move to the second week of playoffs. We've got six seeds, Seattle, traveling to Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys and Dak. Has to win one game to get to the one end game. of the game. One game, and he gets it done. The Eagles, who were in the big dance last year, going to play the San Francisco 49ers, who had arm trouble and quarterback trouble in that game in Philadelphia last year, the San Francisco 49ers exact revenge. So, Emil, go ahead and tell the people what we've got going on here. We've got the same NFC Championship game. Shades of the mid-1990s. It is the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys in that NFC Championship game. Emil, poor one for me, too, because I've got the Dallas Cowboys defeating the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game and advancing to the Super Bowl. I have the Buffalo Bills versus the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, that's happened before in the Super Bowl. So, Emil, let's put a bigger knot in your stomach. Who is your Super Bowl champion? Well, everything was going well until that point for me. But then I looked and I said, you know, the Bengals have had a progression. Mm. Even though they took a step back last year, they really didn't. They lost really tough playoff game the Bengals have been to the Super Bowl before they've tasted it they they were right there against the Rams and, and lost and I think this game is going to be hell of a game just like the Rams game and the Bengals only this time I think the Bengals finally get the monkey off their back they've never won a Super Bowl they've been there three times and I think unfortunately I have them beating my Dallas Cowboys 30 to 27 I've got the Cincinnati Bengals finally getting got, their Super Bowl. This guy's got a score. Holy smokes. Some thought has been put into this. Well, I'm not going to give you a final score, even though I'm a final score kind of guy, Amo. But unfortunately, I agree with you, except it's not Cincinnati for me. I've got Buffalo. Um, but I do feel that that when this happens, I don't even talk on ifs when we do previews. 
when this happens, it's going to be one of the most entertaining um, Super Bowls that we've had. And this is on the heels of me saying we had a Super Bowl two years ago come down to the final damn play in a wide receiver. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to be highly entertained with this Buffalo versus Dallas Super Bowl that's going to happen. But it's just, you know what? I said before we got on to this show today, Abel and I talked before we get on, and I said I think this is the year when we don't have the same team or teams in the Super Bowl. I think almost every year since we've been doing this, We've either had the same Super Bowl or right. we've had a similar team in the Super Bowl. And again, folks, we do not talk before we get on here. So listen, I don't hold the money the players make against them like fans do. Okay. But here's here's what I'm gonna say before we go to our college football picks to end the show for for the Cowboys, because the audience that follows our show knows I'm a Cowboys fan. Dak Prescott's 30 years old. He's at the perfect age. He's got enough experience that he's seen some stuff. He's had a, a, some six, a lot of success, actually. Some major failures where they could have gotten over the hump. At some point, and this is the point, because once you, you get to a point, if you want to get paid and be the guy, you've got to be the guy. You got to do guy and, stuff. Yeah, you got to do, you got to do big boy stuff. And this is the year. I mean, he's got no excuses this year. They've given him the tools. Last year, they were lacking at wide receiver. Brandon Cooks has had 6,000-yard seasons. He's your number two receiver. Michael Gallup was coming off an ACL last year. He's already had a 1,000-yard season, okay? They've got talent across the board offensively. Defensively, I think that's one of your top three teams or four teams in the league with Dan Quinn. So if they don't get it done at some point, you know, it's not about not liking Dak. I think Dak's a really good guy. I root for Dak. But I think at some point, if you're an owner, you say, I'm not going to pay you 50 some million bucks a year. Yeah, I think the Trey Lance move was a bit of a message. Um, just the way that I hear Jerry Jones talking about the Trey Lance move after the Trey Lance move would um, kind of back me up on my thoughts where that is concerned. So yeah, there's a little bit of heat being turned up there. Dak did respond with nothing surprises me in this league. So he feels a certain Well, you know, listen, you can't – Jerry wants to write the check. Please – you know this. You're no, no, he's never guy. been – he's not a stingy owner. No, Jerry loves his star players. Matter of fact, all you need to do is watch a Dallas game, and they're all hanging out in Dallas at games, whether it's Michael Irvin or – well, now Dion's busy these days. Yeah. But Emmett Smith, whoever – wants to be around Jerry. Jerry wants stars around him. So he wants to write the check, but he isn't going to write the check if if he doesn't get brought some hardware at some point. Sure. So um, we both have him coming up short. And though they would not admit this, or at least Jerry Jones would not admit this openly, I think he'd be happy with that outcome. If the Cowboys could get back into that big dance, I think he'd be pleased by it. But now if you, if Dak Prescott thought there were expectations coming into this season, reach a Super Bowl in Dallas as their quarterback. And now you will really begin to feel the heat. That is the heat on top. Yeah. Of there's going to, there's always going to be expectations there. They're the New York Yankees. Okay. You're making money, are... man. You got a star in your helmet and you're the quarterback of the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. You know, you, you know, it, it is what it is. All right, let's move on to college football. We're going to end this show with the college football picks. I'm hoping because we didn't do this. This is something we made an, an effort to not have happened last year. We didn't, we were a little rusty, so we didn't do it here. We didn't talk about what games we were picking. We never talk about who we're picking, what games we're picking. Um, we'll see if we have 
the same games. How about we go alternate back and forth? I'll lead us off, okay? Sure. I'm going to start big game 3.30 on Saturday. One of the better games, at least for an early season matchup. We got Boise State heading not very far from Idaho over to Washington to play the Huskies. Huskies coming off an 11-win season. Big-time offense there. It's a 3.30 game. And uh, the line is 14 and a half. I'm taking all 14 and a half there. Hmm. I think the expectations on Washington are very high. We'll see what that's all about. But Boise's been in these games before. They're not intimidated by playing these bigger schools. And I think they're being very generous with that number for a week one game, giving them 14 and a half points. They're yeah, I really traditionally you started to say this here that you'd be on Washington because I know you like them coming into this no, year. That's a, to me, that's a big number. I think Washington wins the game, but I, I don't think they win it by three scores. So give me Boise plus 14 and a half. Well, you know, I gave you, you know, I punched you in the ribs a little bit last week as we we're doing our college football previews and we got to the Big Ten. And you said something about Penn State possibly, maybe pretending, maybe possibly somehow doing something in that conference. <laughs> I shot that down rather quickly, but that has nothing to do with this weekend. What's the number you have on them against West Virginia? I've got 20 and a half in that game. I actually happen to like Penn State this year. I just don't like them more than Michigan and Ohio State. But they're going to be a good football team. I don't know what's going on in West Virginia. It just seems like a mess. And so kicking off this year, everyone's been talking about Ohio State and Michigan. Penn State wants to make a statement, needs to make a statement. And how do you do that? You come out against what is a Power 5 football team in West Virginia, and you beat the number. All right, they're they know what the number is week one. Okay, and uh, I think they're going to make every effort to pass it. I think they're capable of passing it. And when you have those two things come together in college football, it's a beautiful thing. A team capable of covering the number that knows a number and needs to cover that number. And I think Penn State needs to do that. I'm going to go with them and lay 20 and a half with Penn State over West Virginia. Okay. For the audience who's seeing me on screen writing, I'm the resident recovering CPA of the yes. show. So I'm charged with keeping That's track of this. never so recovers. Yes. Yes. So, so I'm charged with keeping track of this. Chad says you have to keep track of our picks. So that's what I'm writing here. So let me go to my second game. This is a, well, I think it's a Friday, a Friday game. Uh, and I don't want to get slapped around by Chad. So when is the Nebraska Minnesota game? Thursday, um, which Thursday. is probably when this podcast is going to go up. Um, so you can that take your could- chances. I could do it. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Uh, You know, I'm a big fan of Matt Rule at at Nebraska. I think he builds really good programs. Uh, And this is the first game of the year. So to me, it's like opening day in baseball. Everybody's got a chance. Okay. Nobody knows what they are yet. And I think he'll have his team convinced that it's a new year, a new day. And I think Nebraska is going to play very tough on Thursday night at 8 p.m. And I've got them plus seven. Uh, I think they hang. They may lose the game at the end because that's what they've done. Yeah, sorry. Lost you there, my friend. Are you back on? I'm back. All right, good. Yeah, so you have... You, you, I've got Nebraska back. plus seven. 
Plus seven. Good man. All right. My second go round here, my second game here. Um, and I'll, you know, I wanted to save this one for last, but just chronologically, it doesn't work for me. Emil, who's been the most talked about college football team this offseason? Go ahead. Uh, well, depends who's, whose world you live in. We've, well, we've heard your, a lot. Up your way. What have you heard? Up my way? Yeah, just nationally. Who's Who's been talked about the most? Alabama. Yeah, well, that's fear. Look, where I've been, every every corner I've turned to has been Colorado Buffaloes football. Oh, you're you okay? Wait, you you're talking, yeah, Dion. You're right up yeah. here. I mean, the the articles I've read a lot about is Alabama done. So when you said who's been talked about yeah. a lot, I can <laughs> Yeah, that's been another story thrown out there. But Emil, I've never seen a one and eleven football team talked about more in my life, and rightfully so because it's Dion. It's prime time, and he's come to town to clean up the act in Colorado. Emil, he's got a tall task. This was a 1-11 football team. On top of that, he purged the entire roster in ways we have never, ever seen before in college football history, thanks to a transfer portal and all the other things that we've got going on in college football. So now I believe he's going to be around 50-something new players on this team, a more talented group of players for sure. I know the public at large and the media loves talent over everything else over organization, over over actual skill level, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Emil, there's no bigger fan of Deion Sanders than me. I had all the posters. He's no, a, I know. He's the reason I played defensive back because I sure thought I was a running back until I saw this guy do it. So I am a Deion Sanders fan. I think Deion Sanders is going to turn around Colorado Buffalo's football. I just think this is an extremely tall order. For me to take TC, uh, to take, the Colorado Buffaloes in this game, plus the points would go against almost everything I have ever hung my hat on in terms of handicapping, picking, forecasting in the entirety of the time that I've been doing it. You've got a brand new coach. You've got a brand new coach to power five. You've got a brand new quarterback for a team that was disastrous last year, traveling on the road to go play a team that was in the playoffs last year with 50-something guys that have only been together for three or four months. I'm going to just give you a quick story. IMG Academy, I'm sure you've heard of them. It is probably the best high school football program in the country. It is because it it has been crafted as such. The right amount of money has come together for that to happen. So every year they've got D1 talent across the board. I met American Heritage coaching in might have been my third to last year there. We're no slouches either. But talent-wise, man for man, we don't match up with an IMG. But it just so happens that we catch IMG in week one. This is when they have collected guys from all over the country, as IMG does, throw them out on the field, bunch of D1 players there, and they look like they are were already college freshmen and sophomores. We get out on the field there, Emil, and we beat IMG. I'm going to tell you, if that game happened six weeks later, probably wouldn't have gone that way. If it happened three right. weeks might not have gone that way. It's just you had a bunch of kids from all over the place trying to figure out how each other works, how each other moves, and they couldn't they, – they scored nine points against us. We're going to have something similar here, except T- uh, Colorado is not IMG in terms of their relationship to the rest of um, college football. Well, and, and, and to back your pick up, by the way, excuse me, but I, 
you're only focused on Colorado, and I love your pick. I'm actually sorry I didn't make it myself. TCU's going to be highly annoyed come kickoff. They got they got annihilated in a national championship game by Georgia, but by a score that people you know were like, "Wow, how did that happen?" And they spent the whole summer listening to a team being talked about more than them that had one win. And people co-signing and backing up the fact that they've got a chance to come in to TCU and to Texas and possibly bump them off. So they're going to be highly pissed, motivated, and annoyed when they show up. And I don't think this is going to be a great kickoff to the Colorado era. But again, I think long-term, Deion Sanders will turn this thing around. Amal, I see a 48-14 type game here. That's more than enough to cover the number. I'm taking TCU. I'm not going to pick the standalone Sunday night game. I would like to briefly talk about it unless you're picking it before we get off the air. I like to find these games where sometimes the early week zero games, I get a team and I see them come back. I watched a little bit, admittedly a little bit, and that's unusual for me, of the USC San Jose State game. I knew what was going to happen, sort of. I wanted to see some stuff. I had some stuff to do. I'm here to tell you a couple of things. San Jose State was a 7-5 and five team last year, uh, statistically a top 15 defense. The quarterback at San Jose State is a transfer from Hawaii. He was the Mountain West Player of the Year last year. He's had 50 college starts. He's a good player. He's, he's tough to contain. He can throw the football. They got beat last week 56-28. They're catching 16.5 points this week at home against Oregon State. Now, Oregon State, good team last year, won nine or ten games. I forget exactly. Bring in the kid from uh, Clemson that's a five-star. He's going to have to figure out these guys. You know, college training camps are not NFL off-seasons. They're going on the road. Oregon State is a pound and ground. You know, they're boring. They're they're a poor man's Utah, okay? No, really win they, a game, but keep, the scoreboard won't tell you. Right. That, that's kind of the way they go about their business. I think they probably get the win here. But 16 and a half after seeing what this kid from San Jose State, he can be a problem. I think San Jose State will move the ball enough and do enough things offensively that they're going to come easily within this number. So I'm going to take San Jose State plus 16 and a half. I think that's a great pick, Amal. And I'm going to tell you another thing just from experience. And this is um, this is this. You have such a tremendous edge when you play a game before your opponent did. So San Jose State has a game under the belt. That's really going to work uh, well for them here. So I can be down with that. And if they could hang around, which they kind of did with USC a little bit, you know, until things got hairy and until you're, uh, you're, you're you know, the new sensation for USA, uh, USC ran that kickoff back. They were kind of like, you know, hanging around there a little bit as well within the number. So I do I do like that. Before I step on to this last pick, what was the number for TCU? I like I almost don't 20 care. and a half. You're you're Mr. Chalky. You're 20 and you're just you're laying 20 and a half all over the place here. This is a good this, this is a good times of years to do that. Right in the beginning and then right towards the end when people start giving up. Yeah. I'm not I'm not laying chalk on this one. Duke is going to take on Clemson. No one is thinking about Duke. They should though. Duke was a very damn good football team last year. Duke's yeah, going to be a very solid football team this year. People are talking about what Clemson is going to do, and Clemson might run back and get the ACC, and, oh, it's going to be them and FSU neck and neck, so on and so forth. We're just not talking about the Duke Blue Devils. And Duke's at home in this contest. Am I not correct? Duke's at home, yeah, getting 12 and a half points. 
getting damn near two touchdowns. That is high disrespect. And not that Duke has accomplished a lot in their history of football that they should say we're being disrespected. But you know what? They're a really good football team last year. They've got talent this year, and they're being disrespected by a Clemson team that struggled. And I personally don't think we're going to see a return to glory for Clemson. So I think they're just going to be um, less than what they've been in the past. And this is probably going to drive that point home early in the season so we can stop messing around with all of that. I don't know what's going to happen with Florida State and LSU. I'm kind of leaning Florida State a little bit in that direction. I think you, you, you'd you ask me about that maybe a little bit. Yeah, that thing can go. Uh, on so that I'm going to take Duke. I'm going to take Duke in this contest. I like Duke. I mean, I, I, I think Clemson's going to be better than you think, but Clemson's another team where the defense carries them. Their offense the last couple of years can, can be a little choppy. And if, if Duke's moving the football, you know, 12 and a half, so, you know, Duke just has to play competent football. And I think they can cover this number. Don't turn the ball over. Don't give Clemson short fields. And I, and I think the 12 and a, that's a good pick. So let's, re, let's recap. Chad went with Penn state minus 20 and a half for any of my local listeners up here. There you go. Shout little, out for Chad. A little, little treat for you PA folks. TCU minus 20 and a half. And then he's got Duke on labor day in the evening, something to end our labor day weekend. He's got Duke plus 12 and a half. My recap, I'm going Boise state plus 14 and a half. Nebraska on Thursday night at eight o'clock plus seven and San Jose state plus 16 and a half. And if you ask me, I'm going to give a lean to LSU in that game with Brian Kelly. I like him as a coach. And um, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like th that linebacker is his name Perkins from yeah. LSU, the freshman. Yeah. He's a menace. Yeah. Listen, Emil, I could, Ask me again tomorrow, I might be leaning LSU. I've already told you in, in previous shows, LSU is going to be a problem with Brian Kelly there. It could start as early as now. I mean, they bumped off Alabama last year. I think that's going to be the best game of the weekend. I can Yeah, say Perkins can mess up a game plan. I watched that bowl game last year a little bit, uh, and I think he had three or four sacks in the game. I mean, that yeah, he's, he's going to be yeah, tough to do. Definitely going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, for you listeners – Viewers out there hoping to get a gridiron stud show in this week. I would need to do that. If so, I will get into some of these other games. My alma mater is playing on Friday. Not a big time game in terms of a matchup, but also Thursday night is Florida taking on Utah. Can get a chance to talk about that and maybe some other games we might have missed here. We're not going to do that here on this show today, but just a heads up there. So be on the lookout for that. But that's it, folks. We've run through an entire NFL. We've run through an entire NFL playoffs. And we've laid out the Super Bowl for you. Amos sees it one way. I see it the other. We actually have the same team in there. And then we've got these college football picks. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. From, from one chump to another. Um, and to all of you chumps listening here, thanks for watching the Two Chumps Football Podcast. We are back next week to see how this did and give you some more. But until then... Um, have a drink on us. Be a chump. <laughs> See you guys.